So homeowners need to ensure they keep their builder accountable and do not allow them to push you around or shaft you in any way possible because that is bullshit. G'day and welcome to the Make It With Miles podcast. My name is Miles Clark, you wouldn't bloody believe it. And this is another episode of The Shed. Now, we've got two formats to the podcast. Um, the first format is called The Shed, where we discuss all things related to building, constructions, renovations, real estate through the lens of a building inspector. And we also have The Journey. The Journey is where we discuss all things in regards to personal development, things that I sort of have a personal passion for and want to help out wherever I can, which we do every now and then, which you just have to put up with, which is no dramas whatsoever. On this episode of The Shed, we will be discussing my thoughts on volume builders, things to understand about them, things to be wary of. And it's not a horror story, but there's some things you need to understand when you get engaged into these types of builders. So things you need to understand about volume builders is that they are working on volume. So therefore, their prices are low and quality based on that can be compromised. Okay, not always, but most of the time, you're not paying the big dollar dues, you're not getting the best possible job. Now, they still need to comply with obviously building codes, building standards, building regulations, contractual agreements. So homeowners need to ensure they keep their builder accountable and do not allow them to push you around or shaft you in any way possible because that is bullshit. So let's talk about price. Volume builders prices are hard to beat as a custom builder. Now, the reason why that is because their building margins are much lower than ours. So when you do a construction project as a custom builder, you'll get a price for the job, say $500,000 and 15% minimum is going to be the builder's margin on top of that. The builder's margin is what pays for some bullshit stuff on site, behind the scenes, profit for the builder, wage for the builder and or associate overheads. Okay. Now with large volume builders, their profit margins aren't 15% on a project. It's more like 5%. It's much, much lower. So they don't make a lot of money on the jobs in comparison to a custom builder but they're working with volume and that's how they um, pump it out and make uh, the billions of dollars I imagine they make these days. Anyway, so you need to be mindful of price. So when you are going with these builders, you're gonna have to understand that the price is gonna be much cheaper. But that being said, construction is bloody expensive. To get things built is expensive. It's a big investment. It's probably one of the biggest investments you're ever gonna have in your entire life. You can afford it. And obviously some people that, that are super cashed up usually get very custom high-end builders that work to best practice and do some unbelievable designs. They're gonna pay top dollars, but if you're just looking for a, a shelter, somewhere to live that you, you can call your own, well then I always recommend Volume Builder because it's difficult enough to buy a property in the market that we have these days and the wages that people have these days. I don't know how people can fucking do it. Freaks me out. That would be the best way to go. Volume Builder for price is the best way to go about it if you're tight for a budget. Now, that being said, uh, with regards to designs, their designs actually these days get better and better, I must admit. They have a lot of variety. Back in the day, it was sort of just, this is the house, you buy it, you move in, that's it. Now, they've got heaps of different designs, heaps of different variety. You can chop and change a couple of things here and there. You'll still walk into a suburb and there'll be the same house 10 times over. That's just because the novice person likes the design and they just want the same thing and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But their designs themselves are pretty acceptable. They don't go overboard doing unrealistic, pointless construction design aspects to homes, like wanky bits and pieces that really that serves no function, but it just cost a shitload of money to make it look a little bit better. And they've done it so many times, they've nailed it down to a specific design and then they just sort of pump it out, which is um, which I think is good. And you can still have that variability on the design itself. So you still can like move walls and change walls and change things. It's not you have to buy this 
XYZ and then move on. So to have that option of uh, being able to just change the design is still good. Be mindful, there's costs associated with that. So ideally for them, they just want something off the shelf, they give it to you, you move in, crack on, job done. If there's things that they gotta chop and change and move a little bit, there's variations associated with that. Most of the time, I feel the variations are a bit costly. They pump them up a little bit too much for my liking in comparison to really what the on-site costs are. If you're dealing with a cheap builder, you're just trying to get it as cheaply as possible, you're probably going to be, uh, yeah, you're going to be copping, copping a bit of a kickback in regards to price making changes anyway. The time frames with these construction projects is very variable, okay? Sometimes the construction project can take four months, three months. Like it's ridiculous how quick they can build these things. Sometimes they stretch them out for a year, year and a half, blows my mind. Now, the one thing that you need to consider is it's going to take as long as it takes. They can tell you it will take X, Y, and Z, but it won't take that long until it's built. The reason I say that is because we can't control what happens in the building industry. You don't know what's going to happen. It just is what it is, and you just got to wear it. What you will find, though, with these volume builders and their contracts, what I've found with a couple of mates that have gone through this process is the contract itself, they give themselves plenty of time to build the house. They'll put themselves in there for like a year and a half to build a very basic home, which doesn't take a year and a half at all. And that's simply to cover their ass if any issues do arise. If they put, it's going to take six months to build a project and they have delays for something which is out of their control or whatever it may be and they can't get an extension of time and they're really pushing, they've, you know, they've stuffed up and they get to the six month mark and you haven't moved in yet. Well, that's when liquidated damages, which is a, a value of money that gets sent to you each week that they're delayed on the project. So they want to avoid that as much as possible. So they stretch out the contract completion date as much as they practically can. Now, all builders do this. In regards to myself, I would give myself enough time to build a project at a reasonable time frame, but I'd sort of push it a little bit more and I'd give myself a little bit of leeway, but I would always try to beat that time significantly because if you beat it significantly, you're not on site long, as long enough and you save more money. The longer you're on site, the more money you spend. It's very simple. Now, the main concern with regards to volume builders is the quality of their construction. Now, you need to understand, and I don't blame the builder themselves. I look at them as a company trying to make profit and just churn out volume. I don't see them as a, a, a one-off builder like myself that actually gives a shit and we care about the client, we care about the build and we want to do a good job and we want to get referred new work. They're just a big corporation just punching out work. Now, what their business model is, is they have guys that run the projects themselves, they have site managers. These site managers, they could run between 20 to 25 jobs simultaneously at one time, which is ridiculous. Managing a construction project isn't a walk in the park. You don't just call someone up, they come the next day, do their job perfectly, leave clean and perfectly, and then you get onto the next one. It does not happen like that at all. It's very variable. People come and go, they make mistakes, they miss things, they do that. They can't do something because something's in the way or the scaffold's in the way. It's just, a, it's chaos. If you're doing 20 jobs, 25 jobs, that is even more chaotic. So they don't focus so much on the quality and they just focus on getting the people in, do the job and then have them leave. So I find their QA for the project is pretty poor. Um, and that's why we have a lot of people cracking the sads about volume builders and their shitty quality work because there's no one overseeing the trades that do the job. The trades that do the job are just subcontractors. They don't definitely do not get paid a lot. They get given a price to do the job. 
they do the job and then they leave and that's it. It's easy for the builder to say, you need to come back and fix X, Y, and Z. It's also easy for the contractor to go, no, and just never come back and find other work elsewhere. That's something to be mindful about. In those situations, that's where we sort of fall back to the, the past episode of the guides to stands and tolerances. And we've got to work with the builder to ensure that they do meet acceptable workmanship uh, standards. To do that as a client, the builder will probably tell you to go shove it up your ass in regards to coming onto site, checking each stage above and beyond them. This is where those private building inspectors are very helpful, not to ensure the compliance of construction because more like the big ticket items, that's the building surveyor's job. The slab's going to be okay. The frame isn't going to fall down. But really for all those minor items that the things the building surveyors don't inspect. So if you weren't aware, building surveyors are the ones that actually provide the building permit. They do stage inspections. So they look at pre-slab, make sure the steel's correct, pour the concrete, They'll do frame and then after that, final. And that's it. So if you do a private building inspector, what you're gonna do, and that's and when they're looking at the frame, they're not looking at how straight the frame is. They're just looking at all the structural elements are in place and they're all tied down and correct and it's fine. They don't care if the wall goes in and out, you know, a million degrees. They don't they don't give two shits. They just want to make sure the house isn't going to fall down and it's compliant. The workmanship process more or less comes down to uh, getting a private building inspector on board. They will use building regulations, building standards, the guide to standards and tolerances and collate all that information together to make sure your construction build is not just compliant, but it also meets a minimum building standard, which is Australia-wide. So be mindful that if you are going into a new construction build and it's with a volume builder, even if it's with any builder, I feel, but more or less with a volume builder, I highly recommend you get a pre, uh, you get a private building inspector engaged for all stages of the construction build to ensure you keep the builder accountable, keep them on their toes and make sure that your job of all the jobs, they make sure the quality is as best as it can possibly be. So they're not going to cop all these major issues towards the end of the project and rip half the house apart to fix the defects to then reinstate it, which it does happen. We, I'm inspecting a property for a mate at the moment and XYZ builder, who is a very large volume builder, the qu quality is ridiculous. I, I didn't think I would come across this many defects throughout the whole build. It happens. I, I, did, the frame, I did the frame stage inspection, checked the steel. 80% of the structural steel nuts and bolts were finger tight, which is fucking bad news. Uh, it was missing brackets. It was missing all these things. Then it got to the frame stage. It was complete. I'm doing lock-up, you know, pre-plaster. So before they sheet the walls, checked all the walls for straight and plumb. 40% of the walls didn't meet the minimum standard and they just continued to do the work. They sheeted the walls. The walls are out of plumb. The walls aren't straight. There's just issues that continue. Cost more and cost more time and cost more money. That's sort of my overview of volume builders, all right? You're paying for what you get. But that being said, there's still a minimum standard that a builder has to work within. Engage someone to ensure that that builder works to that minimum standard, not hard, if you're going to go through this process, okay? Because the last thing you want to do is get into your house that you've just borrowed a shitload of money for to get it built and it's your dream home and you love it and you're sitting in bed and you're looking at this poor quality and you, all of a sudden you slowly notice, you know, all that excitement for moving into the home starts to become dread because you realise that the quality that's you've been given is half-assed doesn't even meet the minimum standard so no one should accept that that's that is unacceptable in the industry i don't like it i think builders getting away with it is bullshit and i'm yeah a bit sick of it in, in reality so i think these um yeah these new home inspectors that are doing what they're doing are fantastic make sure they are uh, know what they're talking about 
they don't have to be registered builders specifically, but they need to know every in and out of the guides to stands and tolerances, the building regs, all those types of things. Okay, which there's a lot of book smart people out there that can that can do that. And um, I, I recommend if you engage these people to help you guide you through that process, you'll end up with the best practical result towards the back end of your new home build. And that was it. All done. Thank you for listening to the Make It With Miles podcast. If you have any questions or queries, please put it in the QA section on Spotify, which gives a like, gives a follow, gives a subscribe, all those good things. And we will see you on the next one. Take it easy. Let's work. Let's work.